Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Ringside Ramblings. Today, I have the great privilege of being joined by the one and only wrestling connoisseur, Sam Keola. Sam, what's going on, man? Not too much. You know, it's it's been an interesting morning. Um, particularly, I, I had seen on Twitter from the WWE's official public relations page, uh, they had shared an article. Um, I have not yet read the article, but I, I did shoot it your way. Uh, hey, yeah, just for that. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. Uh, the title alone was very captivating, uh, and I thought you might enjoy it uh, based off of, of the title there. Um, oh, yeah. So did you, did you get a chance to read that article? Or? I did get a chance to read the article. Well, why don't you fill us in a little bit? Oh, man. Uh, where to really begin on such a thing? Um, essentially, it is a Roman Reigns fan who uh, posted an article on the ever-popular uh, Yahoo Sports Entertainment so section. So 2005. <laughs> And so, um, you know, I mean, it, it get, I'll, I'll give them credit that, that Yahoo gets some uh, acknowledgement, I guess. But uh, someone posted, posted this article as to why Roman Reigns is the champion WWE fans deserve. And, um, yeah, they give some reasoning, I guess. Uh, there's some interviews with Roman Reigns, and it, uh, I think it pissed me off more than anything, just the lack of intelligence behind the reasoning. So, so the reasoning that you're referencing, is that reasoning from Roman Reigns himself or, or from the author of, of the... A little you know, bit of both. Okay. Um, trying now, to, this was more of an interview style type of an article, wasn't it? A little bit, yeah. I'm uh, trying to bring it up here because I had to switch out of the office because apparently uh, someone decided to mow the grass next door. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> let me see if I can bring it up here. But yeah, uh, essentially it was a uh, an interview style article, but... Uh, I don't know if they interviewed Roman Reigns directly or not, or if they just happened to find some uh, comments he had made. I think for me, you know, and I haven't gotten too deep into it yet. Just just the title alone, the, the champion that we deserve. I think that is such a loaded statement, and there's so many different you know, things you can read into that. I mean, obviously Roman's not the most popular guy with the fans. I mean, we see that on a weekly basis. I mean, we can go back to Monday uh, on Raw when Brock Lesnar hit an F5 on Roman and, and there was some chance there one more time. And this, and this is in Greensboro, North Carolina. And the Carolinas, and I can attest to this as I live here, is, is one of the most pro-face, anti-heel areas in the country. Mm-hmm. We, we love our good guys and we hate our bad guys. And still yet, we're getting, you know, one more time chance when, it, when Roman's on the receiving end of, of Brock Lesnar's offense. I think it's almost the opposite here because, uh, you know, I live in Hawaii and 
Roman Reigns is Polynesian, of course, Samoan descent. And uh, we Polynesians, we, we love each other and we want to back each other. And uh, I want to see Roman Reigns successful. My problem is WWE is not doing him justice by continuously pushing the storyline like they have for the last three or four years by uh, not favoring him with his strong points and instead, you know, trying to push this character that doesn't really work, pushing the storyline that doesn't work. You know, they're, they're very uh, stubborn about this, that, you know, they've, Vince has decided this is the way it's going to be. And despite the fans, you know, despite whatever cognitive dissonance is there, Vince is determined to uh, push this his way. And I mean, he's living in this bubble. And yeah, here's the article. I just want to read this one part. I'll kind of jostle around on this article, but this is the clip I sent you earlier. It says, uh, okay. Roman is talking here. He says, um, I think they're like closet lovers, to be honest. You can say whatever you want, but it's how you say it that matters. The way they deliver it. They're more connected to me than their so-called, quote, heroes, favorites. And- and, and not to interrupt you, but closet closet fans, cl- closet lovers being the fans, right? Just yeah. to keep it in perspective. The, okay. Yeah, the, the fans in general. Okay. Um, he says, the, he says uh, the way, let's see, for me to be able to pull on whatever string I pull on, it just goes to show there's deep rooting there. And what he's saying here is that uh, the fans are booing the shit out of him every arena. He's saying those fans really love him and that by him being able to bring this booing out, they're really rooting for him. And to me, that is the most ass backwards thing (laughs) you could possibly say. You sound like a jabroni saying this. If you were starting out in the wrestling business, you were training and they're explaining you, say you you have no clue what wrestling is about and you're just a huge muscle bound guy. And they're like, that guy's got the look. And they pull you out there and they explain it to you. And they say, okay, if the, the baby face, the baby face is the guy that the fans are rooting behind. They're going to cheer you when you come out. The heel is the guy that the fans hate. They're going to boo you. You don't go, oh, they're booing me. They must really be rooting for me in secret. <laughs> that is a little bit stupid, beyond stupid to say this. And I, <clears throat> I don't want to put Roman Reigns down. Like I said, I'm, I'm pulling for Roman Reigns to at some point get this turned around in his favor. I want to see him be successful. So when I rant about Roman, when I diss Roman, I'm not doing it from a place of hate per se. You know, I hate the storyline. I hate the gimmick, but I'm pulling for, for Roman Reigns, the person, not the character. <clears throat> but but this, it, it just kind of shows like, okay, this guy has only been in WWE. He's only been in FCW. He's only been in NXT. He's only been within the WWE system. He has no indie experience besides that of his family. And I don't know what he's been told family-wise versus what he's done, you know, uh, just in the WWE system. If he knows then when he's going out there and getting booed out of the arena, if he really knows that the fans don't like him, 
because according to these articles, he thinks the fans are secretly rooting for him. And the thing is, you know, when you look at something like that, my 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 knee jerk reaction was, first of all, separating Roman Reigns from the individual, and mm-hmm. and look and looking at that when I saw that line, I was thinking to myself, Joe Anawai sounds like a narcissist. Just just the <laughs> idea that despite what people, despite the the hate or or the dislike people are showing, he he thinks people just love him on its face to me that seems narcissistic but but I, I stopped myself and I said well hold on John let's think about this for a minute what is Roman Reigns being told right what is he being told behind the scenes what is he being fed by Vince McMahon or Kevin Dunn or guys like that what is he being told and I guarantee you I almost guarantee you that he's being told ah pal don't worry about it they love you yeah you know what I mean? You know? The the precursor here is John Cena. And of course John Cena was cheered and booed heavily. Um and it was a little bit different with John Cena. John Cena kind of suffered from the same thing Hogan suffered from late in his career, which was he had been faced for so long, the fans grew tired of him. The fans knew that uh Hogan was gonna win no matter what, typically. And so the fans turned on him basically because there was no excitement in it anymore. And that's kind of the same thing with John Cena was that there was no excitement. You knew John Cena was going to win as soon as he went out there. And the fans began to turn on Cena because of that. They turned on him because they knew that, yes, this upcoming guy, he's got a big future ahead of him. He's in a, he's in a feud with Cena. He's over. Take a look at Umaga, Roman Reigns' cousin. Umaga, big monster, huge future in WWE. Feud with Cena, fed to him. Umaga never recovered. With Roman, it's kind of getting to that point. There's a bit of that. We've seen Roman Reigns face off against everybody and win, except for Brock Lesnar. And we're going to get it again this Sunday at SummerSlam. But yes. with Roman, it it's also the fact that they mega pushed him when he come back from injury. There was no organic push to it. And they also cut the kneecaps out of Daniel Bryan. And at that time point, Bryan was the guy that the fans were behind. So when you pushed Roman over Bryan, there was the immediate backlash. I would compare it to with writing that when you have a main character as Vince's main character would be Roman Reigns and you have a secondary character which would be Daniel Bryan and the secondary character's voice and appeal in the story is much much more entertaining than the main character typically what you would do you would have to kill that main character off and rewrite it with that secondary character as your main character Vince doesn't have that luxury because it's immediate access but instead of kind of killing the push for Roman he just buckled down on it and he's been buckling down on it for like four years now there, there was some point where where Vince looked at the situation and said I don't care we're gonna do this regardless yeah and I'm not going to stop until I've achieved this goal the problem is 
you have sacrificed the integrity of your product for several years now as a result. So much to the point where I wouldn't doubt this entire Brock Lesnar title reign is solely for Roman Reigns. Oh, no, I'm no. not sure it's just for Brock. You know, Brock's enjoying the money and making, you know, several million dollars for working 10 days a year. I, I look on a personal level, I don't fault Brock at all. He's got it made. But the idea behind this title reign for Lesnar has been constructed for Roman Reigns. And come hell or high water, in Vince's mind, this is how it's going to be done. Yeah, and I, I think that's there's a couple points with this. Uh, Vince has gone on record before, and he said that he does not think the fans know what they want, and that he knows better. And, hey, he's the promoter. It's his company, whatever. But, you would, like you said, you want the integrity of the company to, to stand tall. Two, um, you know, they built Brock up so much. Roman doesn't need that rub from Brock. You know, they've, I mean, they've rubbed the hell out of Roman Reigns. And I don't think he needed the rub from any of these guys. Roman Reigns didn't need to beat The Undertaker. Roman Reigns uh, d- doesn't need to beat Brock Lesnar. You know, Roman's gotten all these rubs. And the thing is, is Roman's been pushed so hard. He's kind of at the top of the list. He's right underneath Brock Lesnar. So it's it's interesting why you wouldn't want to use these rubs for someone that could use it. And uh, I don't know. I, we kind of thought they were going to go that way with Bobby Lashley when they brought him in. But for whatever reason, they changed their minds. Um, Vince decided, no, we're going to go with Roman. Another point is, uh, like you were saying, that, you know, we said that Roman – kind of he has somebody in his ear telling him these things which i I believe is probably true we're getting mixed reactions from the top elite in wwe because i mean like triple h has gone on record saying well isn't roman reigns heel isn't he heel already why do we need to turn him if he's heel when then roman's here saying well he's loved being booed means you're being loved it's it's a complete farce (laughs) It, it sounds like a toxic relationship, you know. I beat you because <laughs> I love you, you know. Um, <laughs> There's so much um, to unpackage here. Yeah. It, it's hard to, to wrap your mind around. I mean, it's, it's a complete cluster. You know, and, and, and one thing I want to talk about real quick is something I heard uh, the current owner of the NWA, Billy Corgan, talk about. Uh, on one side of the coin, he said he doesn't understand why the fans really hate Roman like they do. But then he went on to say, you know, obviously the way things are being done isn't resonating. And, right. and this was on Busted Open Radio. And the I think it was I think it was Bully Ray and uh, Dave LaGreca, who's the main host. And he said and they were kind of trying to press Corgan a little bit and saying, well, you know, within within the WWE you know, you, you, do you feel guys are misused? And he, he said, yes. And then they, they went a little further and they said, well, who, who do you think is being misused? And Billy Corgan, like the, the good, you know, newbie to, to professional wrestling, he said, yeah, I'm not going to take that one. 
<laughs> so he, in a very indirectly way, in, in a very indirect way, said he doesn't agree with how Reigns is being pushed. He doesn't understand why the fans hate him, but at the same time, he just he he realizes that because of that, you have to adapt and you have to change your approach. So I, I think you know, in 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 totality, Billy Corgan does at least understand that if what you do doesn't get the reaction that it's supposed to, common sense tells you that you need to change the direction, right? Or yeah. am, I, am I crazy here? Yeah, well, you, know, I'm you are crazy, up. but <laughs> a little bit. Let me let me uh, put this in context. Billy Corgan is kind of the in between of the wrestling fan and the wrestling promoter. Yes. I mean, he is a wrestling promoter now, but he started out as just a huge wrestling fan that was a celebrity, and so uh, yeah, he kind of gets it. You know, he doesn't understand why Roman Reigns is hated so bad. And, you know, it's it's really simple. If you miss, you know, he, it, it's something that probably would be easily missed if you haven't been watching for a couple of years. But it, it is at the root. Uh, Roman Reigns is hated because Daniel Bryan is loved. And when Daniel Bryan, his storyline was the authority was against him. And the, the blurred lines of reality and fantasy in wrestling, we all know it is prescripted. Most of us do anyway. What? Yeah, I know. Shocking. Wow. <laughs> the Authority, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, all these guys against Daniel Bryan, trying to keep him from, from winning the title. And at the same time, trying to push Roman Reigns. And that line, albeit blurred, reflects reality in that they really were keeping Daniel Bryan away from the title and pushing Roman Reigns toward the title. And the fans picked up on it. And the fans turned on Roman. That is reality. We'll pop one open right here. Uh-oh. Uh, so, I mean. <laughs> it's pretty early in Hawaii, isn't it? It's pretty early. <laughs> this is what it does to me. Uh, so it, it doesn't get any simpler than that. So the problem, in my opinion, what I would do with Roman, and they should have done this immediately. They should have cooled him off, like, the, like cooling off anybody else that's hot that they don't want to push. They did it to Zack Ryder. They did it to Kofi Kingston. They did it to Daniel Bryan. And it is uh, can be... Uh, a huge harm if the fans are really behind someone. But if the fans are against someone that you want to push, that's when you want to cool them off. You want to break them down. You want to start all over again. And you want the fans to get behind them. How would you do that with Roman Reigns? It would be trial and error. You know, do you have Roman be more who he is, more genuine? Because that's why Daniel Bryan's over. He's genuine. That's why most guys have been over They're They're either genuine or they're the genuine selves amped up to the nth degree. Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H. They are who they are to the nth degree. Nobody buys that Roman Reigns is really this guy to the nth degree. 
You know, he's the guy in the commercial with his kid doing the teapot dance. That's Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is Ricky Steamboat. Roman Reigns isn't The Rock. Wow. He's not Stone Cold. And it's the same reason why I think Braun Strowman is so over. He really is who he is right now to the nth degree. He is a badass. He is, he is a massive man. He is super strong. He's fun-loving, but he can be a total wrecking ball. And that's what comes across most of the times. So that's why fans get behind him. It's genuine. Roman Reigns isn't genuine. And so they need to break him down and either do something different with him, either embrace this heel uh, heat that he's getting from the crowd, have him turn heel, or you break him down, you reset him, you let him come back as this family man. But you've got to get rid of the shield stuff. And I don't know. I don't know what else you do with him at this point. I mean, their idea is just to strap him and it'll work itself out. Yeah, and that's not the case. And I've actually, you know, wondered for a while myself, Roman Reigns has kept everything related to the Shield. You know, the music and the outfit. And I can't help but wonder if there's actually some fan pushback as a result of that. And and here's what I mean. You, in, in the Shield, you had Roman Reigns and you had Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. People love Ambrose and Rollins. People don't love Roman really like they should or who WWE thinks. Right. Roman has retained the Shield image. And I think some fans might push back on that because by Roman keeping the music and the attire and the attitude... He's, it almost feels like he's the one responsible for the Shield's success. When, I, think, when, you I know, think that's what they're trying to get across. Yeah, and that's not going to work because the way people love Ambrose and the way people love Rollins, you're, that we know, you know that they have such a large fan base between the both of them that if you try to convince us, the fans that Roman Reigns was the driving force behind the shield. I think you're going to have a lot of inherent pushback as a result. I, I don't think people really feel that way. Who, who stood out to us in the shield? I mean, Roman had his spots, but he right. was like the muscle. He was the muscle. Yeah. He wasn't he was the, the charismatic one. He wasn't right. the one that you would give the mic He was the muscle, and in that role, it worked. But if we're talking about the ones who are more talented in ring or more talented on the mic, it's going to be be down between Ambrose and Rollins. It's not going to be Roman Reigns, and yet he's the one who has retained the shield image, and I think that might, you know, cause a little bit of pushback too. Yeah, I think that was probably a mistake on their part – if anybody should have kept that image, I would have said it should have been Ambrose. Oh, yeah. I'm you know, wholeheartedly he already comes out in jeans and everything anyway. So him dressing down a little bit from that, I think, would have worked fine. Uh, I really do think Roman should have gone with some tights or something instead of the vest and pants still. Definitely the music. Uh, when S.H.I.E.L.D. changed and everybody advanced, 
Roman felt stagnant. Same moveset. You know, he still had the exact same moveset. Nothing changed there, really. Uh, same mentality, same music. For a while, the same entrance, I believe. Uh, and, and you called Roman the hot tag in the shield? He was he's, the hot tag. He's still the hot tag. Yeah. He's still doing that he's stuff. He's still, yeah. You know? It's, well, it's I mean, the psychology. People don't stop and think about the psychological aspects <laughs> of wrestling. They yeah. don't stop and think about what is being presented in front of them, why it's being done. In, it, in my field, in, in the field that I work, you're constantly told, think why. Why is this happening? What, why? Mm-hmm. What's the next step? What's the because? And none of that is – I'm getting – I need to calm down. <laughs> He's getting fired up. <laughs> no, there is no, you know, nobody stops and thinks about the why or the because. And that is crucial. And especially in storytelling, you would know, and I assume, that the why and the because are often some of the, 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 the way that you drive your plots forward. Oh, definitely. Right? Well, it's kind of like, speaking of like the storytelling aspect, we had this big turning point not too long ago in wrestling you had Bobby Lashley introduced and I'm not the biggest Bobby Lashley fan I think he has his good qualities and bad qualities as far as wrestling goes everybody has treated him like a big fish I don't think he is a big fish really Uh, it's definitely not in a big pond but Bobby Lashley comes in they put give him this big push and some really awful storylines, but they pushed him towards the title shot. He beats Roman Reigns. So we expect we're going to get Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. And this is a match that fans have wanted to see. If not for a dream match quality, which I don't think it would be a dream match, but the aspect of the parallels, Brock Lesnar, UFC career, WWE champion, that background just big and everything. Big and everything. Bobby Lashley, who I believe has even been so uh, d- affectionately called online uh, Black Lesnar, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you can understand why they're very similar. Bobby Lashley left WWE. He had a, an MMA career, still does. He's not UFC, but he's out there. And uh, he comes in and he looks like Brock Lesnar, big muscle bound guy, same build. They push him to a title. He wins uh, against Roman Reigns. And instead of we getting Bobby Lashley versus Brock, somehow we're getting. Roman versus Brock again. And it's it's a, a very confusing aspect to fans, I think. Why are we getting Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar again? You know, I know I know you have your your hold ups with Lashley. Oh he's boring. He's boring he, as hell. But but the but the matchup itself, now here, here's my opinion, you know. I think with some tweaking in the character, if Lashley showed some fire, if he tried to match Lesnar in his intensity, that match would be more captivating yeah. to me than Roman and Brock. And I mean, hey, he was showing some fire against Sami Zayn. I was actually like, whoa, 
you know, you, you need to calm down. And Sami Zayn got really hurt in that match. Right. So I don't know how much of that was just coincidence or whatnot. But I would love to see Brock versus uh, Bobby Lashley. I think it would be intense. Uh, I can't say that for all of his feuds. I can't say that for the Elias feud coming up. But would it be better than Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar 35? Yeah, yeah. it would. And, and here's seen, the thing. It, we've seen Brock ahead. and Roman so many times. I, someone even pointed out that all but four matches are, are rematches. And I think two or three of those matches that aren't rematches are on the pre-show. So what's that say for SummerSlam? As one notorious um, podcaster in the wrestling community says, Summer Scam. Yeah. I mean, it, um, it really is. Uh, I have no doubt. NXT Brooklyn is going to blow it out of the water. They have been every pay-per-view that comes up. They've been destroying the main roster as far as entertainment value. Um, But SummerSlam, WrestleMania, uh, Royal Rumble, these are the pay-per-views that should be dominating NXT. And we're going to get Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar and. I have no interest or desire to watch it. We know, we all know it's going to come on last. And I wouldn't be surprised if half the arena leaves before, before the match even starts. This is a good opportunity just, just for me to take a minute and it's something that happened on my Twitter. So Sam, you, you can drink your beer for a minute. <laughs> and uh, this, my God. <laughs> To you two people out there, yes, all two of you, who who tried to tell me that All In is actually technically in the fall, y'all can go pound sand, okay? I asked Siri, okay? And I got a response from Siri. And Siri told me, guys, all two of you, that September 22nd is the first day of fall. So when I ask you guys, what's the biggest party of the summer? SummerSlam or All In? Don't try to get all technical with me. I verify my sources before I post stuff. And I ask Siri, okay? Unlike some people. So y'all can go pound sand. That's my segue here. Um, Really, (laughs) honestly, no hard feelings. If you guys are listening, I I apologize. Maybe. Um, You know, but going back to what we were talking about. Bobby Lashley has had 17 MMA fights. He's lost two of those fights. He's won 15 of those fights. That is an incredible record for any MMA fighter. That stuff's hard, man. These guys spend months and months and months months trying to hone their craft, studying their opponent, working with their camps and their trainers. I'm I'm curious, how many matches did he have MMA-wise while he's been wrestling? Because he's been in TNA for quite a while now. True. And I know he's been um, a main eventer on TNA while he was there, while he was doing the MMA stuff. Whereas Brock has like eight WWE dates a year, and he's not doing MMA at the same time. Everybody makes a huge deal out of it. But, uh, hey, Bobby Lashley, I mean, maybe he's not fighting uh, same quality guys. I don't know. I don't really try to keep up with his uh, MMA career that much, but I don't, I don't with uh, Brock's either. 
But, you know, I, I feel Lashley is a great hand to have. I don't know if he'd be a, if he's championship worthy, but I don't think Roman is championship worthy right now either. Well, I think going back real quick to Lashley's MMA career, um, I know that the caliber of guys he has fought is not maybe as credible, if you want to use that word, as, as some of the guys who are in you know UFC and the like. Um, but Lashley has fought some very experienced fighters and defeated them. You know, I know yeah. Bob Sapp. Uh, gets a lot of flack from people in the MMA community at times because his record, you know, he, he has more losses than wins. The guy's been fighting a very long time and he's yeah. experienced. And for Lashley as a newcomer still to be able to come in and accomplish that, it's a big deal. And Bob Sapp's, you know, 6'5", 350 pounds. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's a huge guy. Yeah, but, but Lashley is such a, 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 a physical specimen that, you know, he, he can counter that size with his agility. And he's not a small guy either. So he's definitely legitimate. I, I would love to see Brock and, and uh, Lashley go at it. But I would like I would like somebody to pull Lashley aside and, and work with him a little bit on his more theatrical performance. Um, the guy the guy's just so happy, you know. <laughs> and he's there comes a point happy. Yeah, there comes a point where it's it's almost kind of sketchy, man, like so, yeah, there's something off about this guy. You know, you know? I, I honestly would have just uh, – I would have tossed him in with Titus Worldwide and uh, Bobby Lashley and Apollo Crews out there smiling, tag team champions. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, he, he would be able to serve as the, the enforcer of sorts. It, yeah, he would, be the, he would be the strong man of the two and let Apollo be the high flyer and, you know uh, – yeah. It would probably be better than Titus out there. Titus is a little stiff at times, I feel. Like, just his physical, not stiff, like he knocks the shit out of people, but his um, charisma in the ring is quite stiff. I mean, he's he just looks like like he's wooden. Yeah, it's it's like he's, he's so focused on remembering his spots or something like that. Something. I don't know. You know he needs some can't. DDP yoga or something to loosen up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's not fluid in the ring. It's uh, probably so I think too Bobby much of would that. be much better as a tag team partner for Apollo Crews. Sure. Uh, sure. But, Titus is a good hype man, but yeah. he's in ring. I like work. I like Titus too though. I mean, he's just uh his his wrestling game isn't doesn't seem to be with his stature. Like Titus to me should be a heel and he should have a slow methodical match where he beats the guy down. He's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's a really big dude. Uh, So, uh, you know, Titus to me should be wrestling like a Mark Henry match. I know we're straying far from the the topic at hand, but why, what's the deal with Dana Brooke? I don't know. I don't know. She's a face manager and a heel wrestler. It's the big problem with WWE right now. Vince has, uh, for a while now, been trying to get away from the face heel dynamic, and you can't. I'm I'm sorry. This is a wrestling business. No matter how much you want to call it entertainment, you're putting on wrestling shows. Your competition is wrestling shows. Uh, when you're trying to block, you know, Ring of Honor, who is proud to be a wrestling show, 
from uh, Madison Square Garden or you're, you're picking off wrestlers from New Japan, your business is wrestling. And uh, to deny that and, and deny the dynamics that get the fans involved is setting yourself up for disaster. And that, that does relate directly to Roman Reigns and the problem that's going on there. Uh, you just sound like a closeted lover to me. I am. <laughs> Not even closeted. Uh, <laughs> it's, and I mean, it's the same thing with the B team. What happened with the B team? When did they turn face? Can anyone point out the face turn moment? They can't. They were just getting cheered because they were a comedy act. And if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. You can't be heel and be funny. And all the Twitter listeners out there are going to point to Generation X. And I just want to say that there is a difference between being uh, a dick and being funny. When you're being... Funny intentionally to draw laughter versus a dick move that people may just find funny. Uh, right. That's total difference. And when when they're they're going eh 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 to Roman Reigns trying to get him to join the B team, they're it's it's uh, someone trying to be funny, and it's comical, and it doesn't it doesn't make you heal. Right. It makes you a face, and that's what happened with B team. That's why they're suddenly being cheered. They just decided, oh, let's just book them as faces. There was no turning point. And that is destroying storylines. It's destroying wrestling because people turn in, tune in week to week. They may miss two weeks, and all of a sudden they're going, wait a minute. When did they become fan favorites? Why do right. I want to cheer these guys now? And, and I think, you know, like you said, there's a difference, I mean, between – Shawn Michaels, you know, wiping his rear end with the Canadian flag, for example, mm-hmm. versus um, the, the B team purposefully and methodically implementing comedic timing into their segments. Yeah. And I mean, these are two so, talented guys. You know, don't get me wrong. They know what they're doing. It's just that booking wise doesn't know what they're doing. So when uh, you're getting paid a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to go out and do what people ask of you, mm-hmm. they're doing it. Yep. And, and you, you'd be hard pressed to be able to fault them for that because yeah. any reasonable person would do the same. That's just how it is. Um, you know, we, we like to, <laughs> we like to pretend like we're, we're high and mighty and we are better than accepting your $200,000 because this isn't creatively the decision we think no, you're going to take the money. Nine times out of ten, you're going to take the money. You're going to shut up, and you're going to take that money home, and you're going to feed your kids with it, right. and you're going to be able to provide a stable home and environment for your family. So to, to the high and mighty people, get off your high horse. This is reality. It's time to wake up, smell the coffee, in Sam's case, smell the beer, and, <laughs> and, and, and just pull your head out of your butts, you know? But, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if, if it was me out there, if I was a – I probably wouldn't last too long. I don't have the patience that I used to. But if if I was one of these guys, if I was a wrestler out there, I, I would be kind of uh, a little irritated if if uh, these things were presented to me like that. I'd, I'd probably be kind of like CM Punk. You know, he, he would get upset about these sort of things. Uh, if I was there as a writer, I probably wouldn't make it, to be honest. You know, right. I, 
I would have a, a lot of problems with the way the current product is going. But, you know, somebody like CM Punk is the exception, in, in my opinion, because, you know, you guys, you have like Zack Ryder, where you have the Ascension, where you have even Bobby Roode at this point. You have a, a multitude of guys who are clearly being misused, and they're still there. Yeah. I mean, we, we look at, uh, let's take a look at some of these guys, like Cody Rhodes. He, he would go to writers, he would go to Vince, he would go to producers, nobody would listen to him. So he finally got fed up and left. We all know what's going on with Cody right now. If you if you don't, you're a wrestling fan living under a rock. It's amazing um, stuff, guys. Stop we can look eating. at Zack Ryder, who was had got himself over via YouTube and yep. had a huge following. The fans love Zack Ryder. WWE was kind of forced to acknowledge it because it got so big. And uh, then they cut his legs out from under. They acknowledge it just to cut his legs out from under him. Yep. Um, is Zack Ryder going to leave? No. And Dolph Ziggler has gone on record to talk about this because they're really close friends. You know, Ziggler has said Zack Ryder is never going to leave WWE. He's a WWE guy. He's always wanted to be in WWE. He wants to retire from WWE. He just wants to work for WWE. And so Ryder is there for the long haul. And he will just be their modern day Paul Roma, and he will be happy. Uh, I don't think you know Ryder fans would be happy. I would love to see Ryder used better. Uh, and Ziggler, kind of the same way. He's been pretty vocal about it you know, this last year, and uh, you know on SmackDown, even when he was putting over Shinsuke, he told him he's like, "What use is this feud if every feud I'm in, I lose?" And it wasn't a knock on Shinsuke. It was a knock on, you know, I can't get Shinsuke over if I've lost the last six feuds. If I'm losing a week every TV, I'm not, uh, I'm not valuable to get someone over. And it was true. You know, Shinsuke come in and they had a, a, a good feud, but it was a feud that Shinsuke dominating NXT coming in and having a stalemate with the guy that's been losing for the last six months right. killed Shinsuke's entrance, you know, and Ziggler was hundred percent right. Ziggler gets it. And that's why he begged them to take him off TV. They brought him back at rumble. You know, it's just now that they put him on, uh, on raw that he's kind of got the second life again. So, while, while we're uh, while we're taking this detour and talking about workers who are kind of being misused, would you like to speak on anything related to our Oscar Twitter debacle from a few days ago? Oh God, you're gonna get me started on that I'm again, sorry. aren't you? You got to give the people what they want, man. Well, you know, this is my touchy point from this year. Uh, Oscar built up huge. You know, she she came in on fire. She. Uh, went undefeated in NXT until she was uh, injured and she she left NXT still champion debuted on Raw she was never defeated for the NXT title huge push on the main roster uh, she was the last woman standing on her Survivor Series team she was the uh, Royal Royal Rumble winner went to Wrestlemania undefeated all these accomplishments behind her 
and they drop her out. They don't just drop her out. They have her tap out to Charlotte. Um, wow. You know, what did Charlotte gain from it? Absolutely nothing. Charlotte is already the top woman's competitor in the entire division. And they have the uh, upcoming looking to be a legend in the women's division, Oscar. They have her tap out to Charlotte for no reason whatsoever. The next night, Charlotte loses the belt to Carmella. She cashes in. Um, it to me is just it's mind-boggling at that point. Why would you not have Oscar win the title for Carmella to cash in after this tremendous matchup that Oscar's had? You know, having her uh, essentially on one leg at the end of the match, Carmella cashes in and wins the title, steals it from Oscar. Then Oscar has lost the, the winning streak and she's still in the chase. And it doesn't hurt her because the cash in was crooked and, you know, essentially it was a cheap win. And so in the fans' eyes, it doesn't hurt her at all. Uh, whereas the tapping out tremendously hurt her. Some on Twitter have gone on to say that the uh, winning streak was hurting Oscar. Well, here, here. Let let me let me let let's go ahead and, and just do this. Let, let's just do it, okay? Yeah. Dave Pazewski on Twitter, also known as Good Guy Dave. Uh, him and I got into a bit of a, a discussion, and and it wasn't that heated, in my opinion. You know, I I guess maybe I I, I just have thick skin uh, for whatever reason. I don't know, um, but. Dave said that Asuka's streak was plot armor that said she won no matter what. And Dave tried to say that it made sense in NXT, but not on the main roster. He said it was causing problems and it was obvious. What do you say to that? I say, uh, show me. Show me where it caused problems. Show me where that it was obvious that she was going to win every time. Now, I mean... Is she going to win a match against uh, Sonya Deville? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Is she going to win against Mandy Rose or or whoever that is essentially a nobody in the division? And I'll, I'll probably piss off some fans by calling, you know, their favorite wrestler nobody in the division. But, oh, well, get over it. But, uh, right. you know, is Asuka versus uh, Alexa Bliss? Is that a possibility that Oscar would lose the winning streak against the title shot? Yeah, that's a possibility. So saying that the title shot is is destroying everybody else's credibility or it's guarantees Oscar's gonna win. No, it does not. You know, when she it was Oscar versus Ember Moon the second time, nobody doubted that. Ember Moon had a possibility of winning and defeating Asuka. Uh, did it hurt Ember Moon losing to Asuka? No, it did not. So to say that the the uh, winning streak hurt everybody else, completely false. To say that it was hurting Asuka, completely false. Can it go on forever? No, it really probably shouldn't. Uh, eventually, fans are going to turn on it, but... At this stage, was it something that to end in that manner? No. 
uh, having Carmela cash in <clears throat> for the cheap win over Oscar and ending the streak would have worked out better for everybody in the division. So if if you're going to make these claims, you got to have some something to back up, something to back it up. You know why would why would this hurt her worse? You know having the win well, streak than this. Okay, I'm I'm going to read one of Dave's tweets and listen. I'm not singling out. Dave Pazewski. So Dave, if you happen to be listening to this, if you ever want to come on, man, you're more than welcome to hop on this podcast with us. Uh, not, not trying to single you out here, but, but your, your, um, our, our debate uh, le- left a lasting impression. So the, the invitation's open. If you, if you want to come on and discuss these things, uh, you are more than welcome to. Uh, but something Dave said, he said, um, Asuka hasn't even been, you know, in storylines on the main roster long enough um, for us to be able to say if her um, push has flopped, you know, he's basically saying she's still so fresh to the main roster. We can't objectively sit back and say, this has failed. Uh, I would would disagree. uh, In the fact that after she lost, after you killed the winning streak, and the next night on, you know, SmackDown, I believe she lost again. You know, the next two or three weeks right there, she lost to whoever. And the idea behind it is that, oh, they were going to do a storyline where Oscar uh, has lost her smile, I guess you would say. You know, Oscar's losing now because it's destroyed her self-confidence losing the streak. <clears throat> That's the mentality behind the next two loses, three, however many it was. Uh, the next time she's on the winning side was in, I believe, a six-man tag. Um, <clears throat> but by then, they knew that they had to to uh, reevaluate the situation. They kind of booked themselves into a, a corner because, you know, they had Charlotte in the streak or whatever. And those next few weeks, Charlotte had already needed some uh, – some some surgery on her teeth done. She already had a messed up boob, uh, where she had a her her breast enhancement, uh, which I think is such a wrong thing to ask women to do or even want to do in the wrestling business because obviously you're you're being slammed all over the place. And that's a side note. It's, she did. It's she another didn't show. That's a whole other show, huh? She didn't have those in NXT, did she? I don't believe so. No. I find it ironic that that Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics, um, also got enhanced before uh, coming up to the main roster. And Alexa Bliss just not too long ago as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just just a shame in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, whatever someone feels like they need to do, but it's a a whole other show. Just um, just to stay on topic here, Um, you know, Charlotte needed to step away. And it was, you know, right in the middle. She just lost the title and all this stuff. So they needed someone to challenge Carmella. And it went against everything storyline-wise that was going on for Paige to, oh, number one contender's Oscar. Uh, what? Really? Why? Because she's been losing. So why does she deserve a title shot? And it just, to me, it was just completely stupid. You know, storyline-wise, it was stupid why they went this route. But they needed to do that because 
Charlotte was stepping out, so they had to backtrack on the uh, Oscar storyline that they were wanting to present. Uh, but they were already having Oscar lose these matches afterwards, so it wasn't going to hurt to have Oscar lose a couple more times to Carmella while Charlotte's recovering. So that's what they did. That's what they ended up using, and I, I just think it would have been so much easier having Oscar beat Charlotte, lose the title to Carmella the same night, instead of Charlotte losing to her on Tuesday night after the pay-per-view. Then Oscar has a reason to be back in the hunt. She was champion. She deserves a rematch. Uh, She's still chasing the title. It doesn't really hurt her that she lost because it was lost in an unfair way. And, you know, then then you could have Oscar chasing the title all summer. <clears throat> Streaks over. And I mean, that's that, but they really went about it a strange way. I don't know why they decided to go that route. It's Vince McMahon. Almost, who knows? Almost, uh, almost as strange as the look Randy Orton has when he asks you to shake your hand. Um, oh, <laughs> we'll talk about that one. Uh, if you want to, you want to dive into it? Sure. All right. Um, Court Bauer, who is the president of Major League Wrestling, uh, recently came out and accused Randy Orton of, you're going to make me say it, I'm pulling his it. junk out and touching himself uh, before proceeding to extend his hand um, in a handshake. Did yeah. I, I don't even know if I said that right. It's so weird to say. He uh, um, And apparently he was only doing this to the writers. Yeah, yeah. There's a just huge love-hate relationship between wrestlers and writers, apparently. Um, this isn't... I, 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 no, I'm going to say for, firsthand, I have no personal knowledge of any of this. I, I don't know if these claims are true or false. But what I will say is that Court Bauer has an interest in protecting his own reputation within the professional wrestling community. And I personally find it hard to believe that such claims would be made while trying to build MLW after its relaunch and not being honest in those claims. Personal feelings. I would have to agree with with that statement. Um, Plus, we also know that Orton is well known to be a, a prankster uh, to a very high level. You know, there's always been the uh, rumors that he would shit in the diva's bags yeah. um, and just do all kinds of other things. So we know that these sort of pranks happen in wrestling. JBL was very notorious uh, for the pranks that he would do to wrestlers. Yeah, Owen Hart. You hear a lot of stories about the ribs. Owen, he, he would pull Kurt Henning was a was a big prankster. Yeah, I would say that the difference between this and then um, two two things. Wrestling is now considered uh, a profession, a professional. You know, something a little bit higher up on the level than it was back in the day. You know, when these guys were just wrestling in uh, uh, armories and you know that sort of thing. So it's a little bit more of a respected profession now. Uh, I would say back then, wrestlers were probably more feared than respected, with good reason. Um, And so pranks 
were were all over the place. Um, these are the sort of pranks that maybe would be done back in the day, uh, you know, like the seventies, early eighties. Um, but today in wrestling, it's not it's not looked upon very well. If you're to say pull out your your dick and then try to shake someone's hands with your your junk hanging out of your pants. And uh, the, the, the reason behind this is within the performer's contracts. These are talent contracts. And these contracts and, and these uh, contracts contain provisions called morals clauses. And these clauses are not um, exclusive just to wrestling. These clauses exist in NFL contracts, MLB contracts. Um, they are referenced in the collective bargaining agreements these morals provisions in these performers contracts state that you are to conduct yourself in a professional manner at all times, you know, while you're performing or um, playing your respective sport and outside of that as well, especially in the public light, you are to conduct yourself as a person with morals. And if these allegations against Randy Orton are true, he has violated his morals clause. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a bit of a huge thing um, backstage wise. And I'm not sure, you know, I, I think a lot of the more modern wrestlers probably have a better relationship with the writers than, say, uh, the guys from Orton's generation and and above. Um, the reasoning being that these wrestlers coming in now are more knowledgeable of the behind the scenes sort of thing. They're, you know, they're, it's, it's not like the old days where they try to protect the business at all costs. These older generations, they still kind of have that mentality. And when a, a writer comes in and the writer's telling these wrestlers what their character would do, what they're supposed to say and whatnot, they kind of take, um, a, you know, they take a little bit of offense to that. And so there's this disdain for the writers. Uh, I mean, we hear from Jericho that the only one that he liked really working with and liked what he was being written was from uh, Zombie Princess himself, who was also a wrestler. You know, he was writing for WWE. So that just sets up a little bit of the, the situation, you know, and Orton was going above and beyond to intimidate the writers from the start, you know, grabbing himself and then offering a handshake to this new writer. And if they don't shake your hand, you're going to throw this big fuss. And it's like, uh, you, you're starting off this relationship. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you, you go into prison and someone's going to make you their bitch right away. Right. And that's essentially a, what Orton yeah. was wanting to do. It's a very um, almost primal marking of territory or something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, you have some of these guys in there that are extremely ego-driven. And, you know, the writers, I'm assuming, are there, you know, to, for passion. You know, they, they like wrestling or, or they, uh, you know, they're passionate about writing. You know, it's a... Uh, a 
a reputable company to uh, be a part of. It would look good on your resume to say you writ, you know, wrote wrestling for television for, you know, three years or whatever. That would look good down the road on your resume, especially if you're wanting to write television. Uh, but I, I feel at some point, you know, uh, that open door policy or that open door, not the policy, but the open door, revolving door that WWE has for writers where they're there and they're gone immediately because, you know, somebody tells Vince McMahon, well, you know, that doesn't really make sense storyline wise. Well, you're fired. You didn't agree with me. Uh, that, that aspect to it, that they're notorious for writers coming and going, uh, you would think at some point, either one, you're going to have somebody come in there who isn't just going to take offense to what Orton has done, but is going to stand their ground. I don't know if that's ever happened or not. Uh, two, someone that's going to come in there and claim sexual harassment. And that's not necessarily the case here, but that's kind of the result of what's been said. Because uh, it's very much that is a, a, a sexual harassment issue. If you're pulling your, your junk out in front of another person to shake their hand and it's unwarranted uh, or unwelcomed, that's, that's a huge issue. If there was a child in the room, that would be uh, a major issue. Sure. I mean, that, that hits so many um, issues. I mean, we, we know better than that. We know better than that. And most people know these are things that we simply just don't do. Uh, and it seems like for whatever reason, and, and I'm not saying these are true, but if it happened that, that Orton really just lacks common decency. And it's kind of a shame since it seems like Orton's kind of turned things around now that he's married, um, has a family and whatnot, and is on the downside of his career. Right. But um, what do you do at that stage? You know, this obviously happened quite a while back. So, uh, as, you know, as a company, WWE, it has its uh, investors to look to. Are they going to complain about this? And I imagine once the news gets out more, more widespread, they really will. And uh, the, the news has already started hitting some mainstream outlets. And WWE, uh, the only statement they have released, uh, they said they are currently investigating. So it's, it's not good news for Orton in, in any but, shape. You know, at, at the same time, I think it was last night, uh, SmackDown in Greenville, South Carolina, Randy Orton went to shake hands with like one of the stage hands and they both started laughing. And I think some fan caught that footage uh, with, with their cell phone. Um, huh. So how seriously are we even taking this? Uh, it's a joke. To them, I think it's probably a joke. I really do. They probably think it's a joke. Uh, to the writers backstage that this has happened to, I don't think it's going to be that big of a joke. It's, um, it's disgusting. If, if it's I was disgusting. writing for WB, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not your average guy. I'm a huge wrestling fan, but I have my own ego as well. I'm not young wrestling fan by any means. Um, at the same time, I'm a family man. You know, I, you know, I have this aspect of me that, you know, since I have 
a daughter. I, I, I have this uh, silverback mode. So, uh, yeah, I, I would probably take offense to that if, if I was a writer for WWE and Orton pulled his, his dick out and asked to shake my hand. Uh, I don't know what I would do, but it probably wouldn't be good. I probably wouldn't work for WWE anymore. Um, sure, Orton's a big guy, but, I mean, I'm 6'3 and 350 pounds, so uh, I might get my ass kicked, but uh, Apparently, Randy Orton's a, Orton. a big guy in, in more ways than one. Oh, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it may not be that long if you did it to the wrong person. Uh, <laughs> You know, I really feel sorry for the fans who have paid money to shake his hand. I I do too. I mean, Can you uh, imagine I'm, that. <laughs> I'm surprised that you know. I I kind of expect that we may have other people coming forward in the next couple you know weeks to months, and uh, you know laying claim to this as well. You know, and if if that's the case, um, bad news for Wharton. I mean, we've seen what it's done to other celebrities. Um, That's not just like a sexual assault sort of thing, but sexual harassment. There is a difference between the two. Uh, You know, whether it's uh, whatever that director's name was, can't remember, Weinstein or something like that, which was sexual assault, or Louis C.K., which was sexual harassment, which was more along these lines of, uh, you know, pulling his junk out in front of front of other people in, in the locker rooms and stuff and uh yeah it's you know if, if other people come forward it's not going to be good news on Orton's part if WWE doesn't address this um it should be interesting to see what happens I'm also curious you know how's the locker room handling this sort of thing our locker room leaders are now Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and these guys, how are they handling it versus Undertaker, Mark Henry, and those guys right. would have back in the day? You know, because I, I feel like Randy, you have Randy Orton to has, has that tenure, right? You know, he's got the seniority. What do you do? What do you do if you're Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns is a family man, like we you know we've talked about earlier? Or uh, what do you do with that situation? Do you be one of the boys and be like, yeah, you know, the writers are, you know, they deserve it, or do you say, hey? We're professionals. This is not, you know, you're not acting in a professional way. You know, you need to, you need to make amends somehow. Uh, it's an interesting situation. I mean, we see how Cody Rhodes handles things with uh, right. the a female wrestler down in Mexico who went to business for herself and broke the other wrestler's arms. <clears throat> and Cody oh, uh... said, you're not welcome in any locker room that I miss. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Sexy star, sexy star. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, I, I feel this is just as much on, on the rest other wrestlers as well to, to take a stand on this situation. Uh, this is by far, you know, uh, I feel kind of equivalent to, uh, like Hogan, you know, being recorded, uh, with racial slurs and whatnot. And how he's been was kicked out of the Hall of Fame and taken off WWE Legends contract and all this stuff. Yep. You know, how do you address this or not address this, whereas you had to address those sorts of things and how the locker room has felt towards that? You know, this is a serious matter if it is true. 
you know, sexual I would assault imagine. is not, uh, or sexual harassment is not something to just kind of gloss over. Right. And, and I would imagine, you know, the outlet WWE used, the way they were able to terminate that agreement, or at least freeze it, was through the instrumentality of the uh, morals clause in, in the contracts. Right. So um, it'll be interesting to see that the situation is ridiculous. Um, but. Uh, we'll see if anything comes of it. Let's go ahead. We're hitting well over an hour already, which is crazy. Crazy. Um, um, it's so therapeutic to, to just get all your frustration with the product out. You know, <laughs> it just feels so cathartic. I feel like a new man, you know? <laughs> um, so let's go ahead. Let's make a U-turn all the way back around and let's try to wrap this up talking about, uh, uh, SummerSlam, just uh, generally, and then after we talk about that, I want to do something different. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a speed round, uh, right. which which I'll explain when we get to, to that point. So, uh, what, what are your thoughts, just generally, on on SummerSlam? I know, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, Gosh, you know, uh, I'm not excited. I've, I've just been trying to keep up with when it was happening. You know, uh, we just had this big move. Uh, because of the lava and everything going on here. And, you know, our our landlords, their house was taken. So we had to move out and we had to find a new place and we had to do it all within like two weeks. Um, so it's been, you know, uh, a, a transition for us to, to empty out from a house uh, that we've been living into for, for several years and then emptying out another house that hasn't been lived in for several years and moving everything in and replacing stuff. Just to give a quick premise there, I have not been keeping up with WWE like I have been, um, mainly because I've been bored with the product. And so going into SummerSlam, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, it does nothing for me. Um, you know, the, one of the only things I have actually been trying to keep up with is then the tag scene. And, you know, interesting that they've kind of been phasing out the deleter of worlds while bringing the revival up and the the end game of it has been a b team versus a revival for SummerSlam, but it's on a pre-show um ziggler versus d uh um seth rollins dean ambrose big return seth rollins corner uh, of course uh mcintyre and uh, ziggler's corner that should be uh an interesting match i'm not sure in what manner that is going to go. <clears throat> Possibly the more the uh, more exciting match on the pay-per-view, uh, for me anyway. I'm curious, though, if we won't see an Ambrose turn at the Ooh. pay-per-view in some manner, uh, either causing Rollins to lose or attacking Rollins after the fact. Or if that's well, going to be dragging yeah. further. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Ambrose staves off, you know, Drew McIntyre long enough for Rollins to be able to get the upper hand and win. And then after Rollins wins, Ambrose swoops in, hits the dirty deeds, and, and incapacitates his long-time best friend and, and comrade. So I'm kind of hoping that happens. I, I love a good... I, um, I would actually be all for that. Um, it would add context. 
into why, you know, Ambrose has returned, why he um, has helped uh, Rollins get the belt back, whatnot, whatever. Um, right. I, I feel like they brought Ambrose back in the wrong manner. Uh, it should have been a surprise to some degree. Uh, I probably, if you're going to turn him heel, I probably would have had it happen at the pay-per-view. I probably wouldn't even bring him back until then. I would have him come out. Everybody thinks he's going to save Seth Rollins. Instead, you know, he causes the title change and then attacks Rollins or whatever, or or even causes Rollins to, to not win the belt. Um, but it's WWE writing. Uh, besides that, I think we're getting uh, Lashley versus Elias, which I was really unaware of until this past week of uh, that feud seems to have been such a back burner sort of thing. I didn't actually expect it to be a, a pay-per-view match. Um, God, I, I don't know what else is on the show besides that. AJ versus Samoa Joe, uh, which God, I'm hoping Joe gets the title. Uh, this is a, a feud that I've been looking forward to since both of them are, have been in WWE. Uh, I think Joe Joe's ready for a championship. Um, I'm not sure what other SmackDown matches there are for the pay-per-view. Uh, well, well, what about um, the, uh, what is it, Ronda Rousey? I mean, who? You know, that, that, that you know, that, that UFC girl. Hot Rod. Hot Ronda. Yes. Uh, Ronda Rousey. Wow, didn't she finally have a match on Raw? Yeah, against Alicia Fox. She finally had a match. <laughs> yep. It's it's yeah. so bad. And, you know, uh... it's it's <laughs> it's you know, I mean, there's just so many different reasons why this is awful. Um Yeah, I'm not into Rhonda. I'm just not into her. I don't I don't get the storylines. I don't, uh, you know, this past week we saw her take down uh, four guys, I believe, which I found a little bit too fantastic. I couldn't really suspend belief to believe this, this woman took out four big guys. I know she's former UFC champion and fighter and all that junk, um, but, you know, you have four guys in the ring and they just stand there and look as she's taking each one down one by one. That's not how it would happen. And I can't suspend belief in that matter. If it was one guy, maybe two guys, maybe, but you can't tell me she's on the second guy and the other two don't jump her. Um, these are the small things I have issues with like that. Um, she hasn't earned her spot at all. So, I take a lot of issue there. You know, you bring in a big celebrity, push them to the moon. We know they're going to probably strap Ronda this week, weekend. <coughs> uh, suddenly Nia Jax is her best friend. Had a lot of issues with them uh, having Rousey do the Jim Neidhart raw eulogy. Uh, felt a little forced, like I'm, they're trying to get Rhonda's sympathy off of Natalie's real life. 
uh, event. It just felt wrong on on many different levels. Right. I, I know you're you're not alone in in that line of thinking. To me, I'm I'm torn about it. Um, I mean, it, if if it's true that you know they 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 were close and and to the family and things like that, maybe it's one thing. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I, I you know I think just generally, I think there's a much more general problem in how Ronda Rousey has been portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think. I think it's easy to kind of look at that Jim Neidhart situation and, and criticize her for it. But in my opinion, it's just, that's just a remnant of a much bigger problem. Oh yeah. So, and I'm not trying to, my, my issues with the, with what's going on, it's usually not at one specific wrestler. <clears throat> like, you know, they had her do that and I don't fault her specifically Sure. For these things, is WWE writing, and uh, so yeah, I mean, I felt bad for her actually with her UFC career how it ended, yeah. uh, and everybody kind of turned on her. So you know, you're just being a WWE hater. You're just hating. I am. What's wrong with you? But you My know what? God, I'm a closet <laughs> lover. <laughs> We can't the closet help it. WWE lover. That's why I hate <laughs> on it so much. I just, Man. you know, with me, a lot of people probably do see it like, oh, God, this guy just hates Roman Reigns. He hates WWE. Uh, they're a global company. They're the global wrestling company, the premier wrestling company in the world. And other places may have better wrestling, but WWE has the best roster out of any company out there. WWE is the most marketable of any company out there. It is easy to say with their marketing, with their roster, with their corporation, that WWE should be the absolute best product on the market. And when they don't deliver on that product, I think they welcome, they, they deserve to be criticized because WWE should be blowing everybody out of the water. They shouldn't rest on their laurels as a company. And I feel that they've been, they've been resting for a long time. You just can't admit that Roman Reigns is the best wrestler in the world. In the it's entire world. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, especially when their NXT product is, is uh, amazing, you know. And NXT, I, I don't think they have the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, I'm surprised half of them are there. Sometimes, you know. So you know, NXT is is kind of been known for the place that the top indie talent goes. I don't think that's always the case. Um, so, for NXT to put on a better weekly show, to manage the wrestlers better, to to build wrestlers, to um, feature everybody in important storylines in every match, something has been gotten out of. Every pay-per-view advances character and storyline. That is something that the main product does not do. Right. And uh, it's a complete different thing. And I think everybody, even those Twitter people, those Twitter fans... 
they would have to admit that NXT is the better product. Sure. Out of the entire WWE. And um, I, I think... And it's basic storytelling. Right. And we we know, and I, I know you and I have talked briefly about this. Um, looking at the G1, my God, like you had, you had all these guys who somehow benefited from the booking. Whether it was Tomatonga who only acquired six points throughout the entire G1. And yet yeah. he's, he's still coming out of there as the, the biggest heel of the entire thing. Or whether it's someone like Kota Ibushi or, or um, even uh, Jay White or Evil. Like all of these guys somehow benefited from the booking of a tournament that compared to WWE's style of booking, a tournament that was rather complex. Yeah. And still, everybody somehow got a rub off of that. Everybody looks stronger heading into the next few months of uh, New Japan. So it, it's beyond me that something like that can be done effectively. And we, we, can't, we can't even establish our biggest baby face who we want to hold our world title. We can't <laughs> do something that basic. But New Japan can take, you know... 30 guys and stick them all in a tournament and have every single one of them benefit. So tell me how you really feel. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. All right. So that, I, I guess that's about it for SummerSlam. I mean, I'm not, I'm going to watch it, I guess. Joe and AJ is going to be good. I mean, that's the primary reason I'll watch it. Everything else, uh, give or take. I'm, oh, I'm not. Come on a minute. You're, you're going to watch. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. No, no, and, and that's the thing. I am going to watch it, but that doesn't mean it. it, it and I just sound like a hate. I really do sound like a hater here with what I'm about to say. <laughs> I really do, but I'm not interested in it. I'm going to watch it, and I know people out there right now are like, "Yeah, but that's the whole point. You're going to watch it, and that means you know he's doing something right. He's the biggest company out there in the world." You're going to watch it because you love the fans. And, you know, <laughs> we got a report about it. That's right. And it's, about, it's part of being um, a, a journalist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, what do you think? Roman or Brock? Who's going to win it? Brock. I mean, this is the big moment. Brock. You think it's going to be Brock? Yeah, I do. And uh, I know, don't I'm, think we'll be done even after that. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, we are going to stretch this out till next WrestleMania. Oof. In some form or fashion. Oof. And they are I, going I to try. Not. They are going to try everything they can. They might add a stipulation at WrestleMania. You know, uh, if Brock Lesnar loses the Universal title, his career is over. Or something like that. I mean, they might add oh. some kind of a stipulation in there to try to make it seem different. But, I mean, I know we're, tell, tell me we're, something different, though. We're creeping it's, up on time here. We, But let me get your reaction. Okay. To Paul Heyman this past week, and uh, you know Paul Heyman pepper spraying Roman Reigns in the face after the week before, Heyman really looking like you know he's against Brock Lesnar. He's uh, part of an abusive relationship with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> uh, three um, adjectives: nonsensical, confusing, and forced. 
nonsensical, it was confusing, and forced. Because really what awful. we're coming off of from last week, it makes no sense that something like this would occur. And, and everybody, <laughs> look, people out there are going to come. You got to stop doing this to me, man. <laughs> people are going to come out and say, well, you know, you're talking about it, and that means. You know, they's doing their job really well and all this garbage. And that's what it is. It's garbage. Okay, let's put things in perspective here. You have Paul Heyman give the performance of the century last week. Yeah. The, yeah. Like the best promo that I can remember in, in recent memory. That was amazing. The bloodshot eyes, the disheveled look. I mean, he the, the, the stubble tears. on his face, the tears. Yeah. At, at times it looked like he was almost trembling. That was great. That was like a five-star performance, you know? Mm-hmm. And to Five be star. able... Yeah, yeah. And to, <laughs> and, and to go from that to what we got last week, you know, you had Paul Heyman even speaking Samoan and, with Roman Reigns and right. trying to level They had him. me. They had me right up to that point. Yep. And then the pepper spray made no sense. Right. Um, I, I get it. It's supposed to be a swerve. But within the context of what was going on, uh, it didn't make any sense to me. No, it, it didn't make sense. And, you know, people out there, I, I've seen justifications. Well, that's just how Paul Heyman is. Paul Heyman's just manipulative and, you know, all, all, all these things. No. But it's not coming context across the story, that way. It, right. yeah, it just didn't make any right. sense. You know, because, I mean, the... What Brock did in the ring to Heyman was what he did backstage to him, too. You know, he took him down, and he's squeezing him, and he's, we're not friends, Paul. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't a work in the ring. You know, it, it wasn't a work backstage. If they'd just done it in the ring, they could have said, oh, we it was a work. Right. We were working you, but that's not the case because backstage – we're not supposed to know they're just cameras, cameras are there. off. There's no cameras. Right. right. We're not supposed so, to break that fourth wall to right. the point where the talent has been instructed not to even look towards the camera. That's why we see these people watching TV at such strange angles, right. you know, like they're twisted up like a pretzel trying to see the corner of the TV screen. So, so yes, that wall is not supposed to be broken and it, it makes no like sense. They, yeah. They kind of abuse their own rules in that regard. Yes because of it so i i really don't know what to expect you know i think everybody else has expected paul Heyman to turn and go to roman reigns like a double cross on brock um either they're trying to swerve us on that end uh which this was a completely wrong way to do it or i don't know um my money, here, here it is. I'm going to go with this because it makes the most logical sense to me as a writer. This is what I would do. Um, I don't expect this to happen. If it does happen, I would be ecstatic. Braun, I forgot about this match, by the way. <laughs> Braun Strowman is going to lose the money in the bank to Kevin Owens. Uh, Hulk or Crook. I don't know which, how, whatever. Kevin Owens cashes in on Brock Lesnar at the end of the night. Um, hopefully they don't have Roman win it. Brock retains. The crowd is still mixed emotions. 
probably happy that Roman doesn't win. Kevin Owens comes out, cashes in. Kevin Owens is your new universal Can you imagine? Champion. Can you imagine that pop? Uh, hopefully it wouldn't be too big of a pop, but everybody does love Kevin Owens. It but... would be a big pop, and that's that's the thing. E- even in a situation like that. See, there's no element. Like, the elements here are all screwed up. They now, are. Kevin Steen being a, a Ring of Honor original, as so to speak, and, and mm-hmm. being more towards his old stomping grounds, you know, in the New York, Pennsylvania area, yeah. he would get a huge pop. I'm but, almost but positive. To me, it's the ideal situation because Kevin Owens has already been Universal Champion. You're not broadening the aspect of title holders just to switch it at WrestleMania or wherever. So Kevin Owens be the best way to go as far as who's the Universal Champion. It's on the show every week. You could, God forbid, right. you could still have Roman Reigns chase. You could have Braun Strowman chase. What? The other option is what? Braun Strowman cashes in. Yeah. You want a big pop? You have Roman Reigns win. Braun Strowman cashes in immediately. And not just destroy Roman, but he also destroys Brock in the process. And Braun Strowman is your new champion. Everybody leaves on a high note. Everybody's happy. You do add another name to the Universal title, but hopefully if Braun wins it, they keep the belt on him for a good while. All right. Well, who would you pick, Owens or Braun? You know, if it was me, it just depends on where I'm going with it. If you're not ready to strap Braun Strowman, I would go with Kevin Owens. Just for the fact that Braun's young, you need to get Braun to whatever level you feel. I would go with Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens is a, uh, you know, he's going to be there every week. You know, he can get heat from the crowd if he wants to. And he's he can do it all. So Kevin Owens could be the way to go. Um, First, if you want to end on a high note, if you want to end on a high note, go with Braun Strowman. All right. I would like to see Braun strapped, but I would like to see him strapped for a good while. And I think they could get some good sure. mileage out of him, you know, at least till WrestleMania, maybe even beyond. And 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 not that I was disagreeing with you about, you know, the possibility of Kevin Owens winning the Universal title. I think he might get a huge pop in Brooklyn, but we know those crowds are right. You know, pretty pretty unique at times, and they have a certain loyalty to, to guys that they've watched independently for years. Um, I have no doubt he would be getting the heel heat that he's capable of drawing um, outside of that area geographically. Uh, so I, I think either way would work. Um, we've had a bad guy for champ for so long. I'd, I'd like to personally see Braun do it. Um, but, you yeah. know, either way, I don't know if I really care that much. And that's the problem. It's horrible, but either way, it's just it's, – it's going to be watered down. You know, Braun Strowman has been watered down. He has been cooled off. Kevin Owens, likewise. So what do you do? There's no, there's, there's no writing being done that makes me buy into any of it. It's and absolutely that's true. the issue. I mean, especially since uh, Braun was cooled down so much, uh, this Kevin Owens feud has really kind of cooled down uh, just because storyline-wise, they they kind of booked Braun as a heel. Well, no, no, no. Heel and face doesn't matter, okay? <laughs> Biggest pile of crap I've ever heard. It's simply not true. 
And we see the effects, what happens when you don't follow that paradigm. We see the effects of Braun Strowman being treated as a heel. And the effect of that is he's not as popular as he used to be, at, le at least in the sense of his reactions. He's not getting the reactions like he once did. It's just how it is. So yeah. it's not that he can't get back to that point, and especially if he's a fighting champion type. Uh, he could certainly get back to that point, but they're, they're, they're not thinking about, you know, it, it, at least it feels to me they, they're not thinking about long-term at this point with, yeah, with anything. I mean, it's, it's, Except Roman. Yeah, it's been a hard call because it seems like they've only cared about one thing. And uh, it seems to really hurt the product overall. All right, you got any final thoughts on SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer? Um, no. No, I don't either. <laughs> and, and by the way, my Twitter followers are awesome because the two guys that tried to argue with me about, you know, all in being in, in the fall. They don't even follow me. So you know what? I'm not worried about it anymore. You guys can go pound sand. Um, but for the ones who did vote in my poll, which was the biggest party this summer, Summer Slammer all in, 60% said all in. And I appreciate you guys because that shows that my followers and my fellow Twitter people are intelligent and they use their brain and they use their head, most importantly. So, use your head. You hashtag that, man. Huh. Okay, uh, let's try a speed round. I don't, you know, I don't know how this. Is All right, yeah, go. Let's, let's do this. I don't. What What I think I'm going to do here is I'm looking at a few headlines here of wrestling news, and I'm just going to read the headlines to you, and they'll be specific enough that you can just share a quick reaction. How does that sound? All right. Yeah. All right. Big show set to return. Um. I don't expect Big Show to be any, uh, you know, relevant to the product from here on out, really. So, so who, who cares? Yeah. Right, basically. This exactly. week, this week's Ms. and Mrs. draws the lowest viewership of the season. Ooh. Uh, you know, I actually like the show. I've, I've actually watched it. And it's more entertaining than WWE. So, there's that. I think uh, WWE has done no help in promoting the show since Miz is heel and on the show, he's absolutely the most lovable guy yep. ever. So and he's fun. He's funny. He's funny. I, I've hell. seen clips of it too. He really is. So yeah. Uh, Colt Cabana, Sue CM Punk. Oh, you know, I'm everybody speed else. Speed round. <laughs> speed round. Uh, what a dick. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> uh, I need more than speed round on this one because everybody else is I like, know. CM Punk, why wouldn't he? Because he's making all this money. And no, Colt Cabana had Punk on his show. He knew he's a journalist. He has podcasts. He knows what they can and can't say. Fuck Colt Cabana. You might want to censor Oof. that. Oof. I'm leaving it in. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He knew what he was getting into. So don't cry me a river after you get sued for it. And then say, <laughs> well, I can't afford this $200,000 bill. Hey, punk, give me 1.2 million. Right. Fuck that. Makes sense. Uh, WWE hires longtime Impact Wrestling producer. Oh, that's news to me. And, and as a side note, this producer was heavily involved in the broken universe. Oh, well, there you go. That's why. So that, that'll I mean, be interesting to see. They, they want somebody that can produce stuff that is going to be appealing because they don't know what the hell they're doing. 
Impact sucks, bro. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Renee Young wants to commentate more. She should. We need a, a female presence. Um, did, I think she's great her? on the pre-show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I she, she should did. be a commentator on an all-women's WWE Network show. That's what I say. Put yeah. her and a uh, Morano, Morano, what is his name from NXT? Put them on a women's show on on the WWE Network. Give them an hour. Take all the divas in WWE. Put them on a show together. Triple H doesn't know what's going on with Neville contractually. Uh, bullshit. I agree. Uh, if he WWE's... doesn't know, nobody knows. Right, and and especially someone like him who was so, so tied to the NXT and 205 Live brand. Yeah. That was my first thought as well. Yeah. WWE SmackDown viewership dips again for SummerSlam Go Home Show. Wow. Um, I haven't I haven't been able to keep up with SmackDown that often. I DVR everything now, or or watch it online. So, uh, you know, viewership. What the hell does that even mean anymore? You know, are they? What are they? You know, what's the stats on that? Is it people who just watch it live? Is it people who DVR it? Is it amount of online downloads? They got to uh, change their product structure around how they judge these things. Ratings mean shit. Now, this next headline I have modified slightly. Killian Dane wears a girdle. Why? You know, I, I noticed it something the other week, and then you... you shared a picture with me last night um in no way does a monster of a man come out wearing a leotard am i going to be, be afraid of that you know if braun Strowman come out wearing a tutu are you gonna are you gonna be afraid of him no so killian dane um man just throw some trunks on him right <clears throat> No he doesn't need to... a fur belt. He doesn't need a leotard. Just put trunks on him. Who cares if he's fat? Right. Right. Last but certainly not least, because this headline is just so fantastic. Brock Lesnar reaches 500 days as WWE Universal Champion. Divide that by 100, and that's how many times we've seen him this year. There you go. <laughs> there's, a, there's a meme going around how many days... He beat Punk's record. How many days did Punk defend the title? How many days did Punk show up to the shows? And it was like, you know, what? Four out of five days. You know, it, it was like 400 some days he actually showed up out of 500. And Brock's done maybe, you know, 100 out of 500 days. Uh, probably not even that. You know, I mean, he's he hasn't even showed up at every pay-per-view. So, it's an awful contract. Uh, WWE's pandering to the fans because the fans know it's bullshit. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, straight from the lips of the one and only wrestling connoisseur. We uh, should modify this. We should have it like uh, I either call bullshit or props or something like that. <laughs> oh, kind of just, just like limit, me... limiting to a one word reaction. Or yeah. Something, something like that. You just pull random wrestling news out and I can just say, you know, heads or tails on it. 
huh, that's a good idea. I'll put some thought in. I, I, but, you know, this is the first time we've done this. Yeah. So you gotta I'm gonna give this me. big explanation that's <laughs> gonna go on for like 10, 15 minute rants. But that's what we do here, ladies and gentlemen. This is called Ringside Ramblings. And if you happen to be still with us at 99 minutes and 38 seconds into this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Um, <laughs> you can send all of your donations to Squared Circle Journal Ministries. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's been a good time. Uh, that was fun. Let's work on that concept a little bit. Yeah, I like um, that. Yeah, that, that was good. Anything else before we uh, go home with this? Oh, so, so much more, but we'll have to save that for next time, I think. I know. Well, until next time, I bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night, bang. (laughs) See you later. Nice talking to you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Until next time, this has been Ringside Ramblings.